beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. Say something. Hello. Test one to you. Hello. <laughs> Hers is a little smaller. <laughs> the gang's all here. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Ten things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Welcome to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. I am so glad you're here today for a little bit of a different episode. I don't typically go into a lot of how-tos on this show. I I'm not an expert in anything at all. And also, the whole point of this show is to have conversations, to look inside ourselves, to find our own answers, to do our own research, to trust our own intuition. But occasionally, there comes a time when we want to talk about something that we do know a little bit something about. And that is what today's episode is about masterminds. I hosted a mastermind retreat at my lake house a couple of weeks ago, and I put it on Instagram because I wanted to share with people how beneficial this little group has been in my life. And I really thought a lot before I put it online because sometimes when you're posting about being at 
a really cool thing or with really cool people, you know, the tone can come off a little wonky. You don't want to make people jealous. You don't want to seem like you're bragging. And while I would argue that we shouldn't overly overthink every single thing we post on the internet, I do try to be sensitive in that space. And so I almost didn't post about it. We decided at the last minute that we did want to post about it, primarily because when I started working on the internet 10 years ago now as a mommy blogger, if I had known somewhere along the way how groups like this could have really been beneficial to growing my readership or monetizing this business that I was trying to run online, it would have been a game changer for me a million years ago. So now I'm talking about it now because a lot of people are still in that space. And I just wanted to share more about it because when I did post it on Instagram, I got a lot of reaction. I got a lot of questions. And it just seems like the more I thought about it, the more we talked about it, that this concept can be useful in lots of different ways. I'm using it as a business tool. A lot of the things I'm going to talk about today are going to be sort of in a business mindset, but I do think that you could apply some of these principles in a learning type of group for lots of other like genres. So this episode is going to be a little more off the cuff. I wrote down a list of the most common questions that you guys were asking and sort of just the general overall broad explanation for what a mastermind is, how to find one, how to create one, how you could structure one, and I'm going to share how we structure ours just as a starting point. And then at the end of the episode, I actually pulled out my microphone on the weekend with the three other wonderful, beautiful smart, smart women in my group. And we had a conversation about what we think is important in a group like this. And so that will be the last three points that they're going to make at the end of the episode. I'm going to walk through seven things to think about, to consider, you know, tips. So buckle up. This is the type of episode that you could share with others, maybe not as a conversation starter like we usually do. But if you think you know someone who would really benefit from this information. If there's someone that you might want to start a group like this with, you know, everybody can listen and sort of brainstorm out what they took from it, what what might work in your own life and in your own business. So it's still a conversation that we can have together and that we can share, but it's less of like a, a prompt, a personal reflection type of episode. Well, that's okay. I like to mix it up sometimes. Also wanted to let you guys know, in case you missed it from last week's episode, we did start a private Facebook group for the show to talk through different prompts, different things that maybe you wouldn't want to share on your public profiles or in the comments of the show's social media profiles. It's just a private space. That is already growing. I really hope that that is something that will be useful to you guys if you want to get to The 10 Things to Tell You Connection Group is what it's called. I'll also put a link in the show description and in the show notes. You have to request to be a part of it, and then you have to answer a quick question. That's just to keep spammers out. It's just to keep it to be a group of people who are actually listening to the show. So, okay, now let's talk about masterminds. The Wikipedia definition 
of a mastermind group is a peer-to-peer mentoring concept used to help members solve their problems with input and advice from other group members. The concept was coined in 1925 by author Napoleon Hill in his book, The Law of Success, and described in more detail in his 1937 book, Think and Grow Rich. In his books, Hill discussed the idea of the mastermind, which referred to two or more people coming together in harmony to solve problems. So this is clearly not an original concept to me. This thing has been around for almost 100 years. I'm sure the idea of it was around before that and called something else. I have only, I don't know, recently-ish started hearing it referred to as a mastermind. Maybe that was a keyword in other type of business groups. In the blogging world, which I was in for a long time, there were groups like this that had sprouted up and were called all kinds of things. Secret Tribes was one for a while. There's all kinds of little groups that I've heard about and even been a part of over the years. And actually, that's one of the reasons that I felt especially compelled to make this episode is because I have been in several of these groups to varying business success. One that I was in sort of became more of a friend group and less of a, you know, mastermind grow our business group. I've been in a few different groups that were pretty big and the goal was to interact with one another's social media in order to sort of trick the algorithm So that's less of a mastermind, but there's just all kinds of these groups is what I'm saying, where people can sort of share their information. I'm in a couple of really good blogging groups still or online marketing type groups where information is shared. It's a really good resource for one another. Like if you are trying to get into, you know, get sponsored posts, if you know, you can help one another out with introductions in that way. You can discuss rates and like different ways to interact with brands, with businesses, you know, how to grow your platforms, like all kinds of those discussion groups. I'm in several of those. Those are very helpful. It's great to have groups of women. I'm Most of mine are women. It does not have to be by any means. It can be co-ed. I happen to be in a lot of mommy blogger circles. And those are very, very helpful. And I love the women in those groups. I really like that it's kind of a trust tree, that you can be kind of sort of candid with your questions and that sort of thing. All of those other groups that I'm in are pretty large. So we're talking 20 or more people in those groups and all at different levels of success. You can clearly see the benefits of that. Everyone's learning from everyone. But you can also see that in groups like that, there are a lot of feelings that can get complicated. Sometimes the more successful people in that group, they don't want to share their numbers or some of their struggles because it won't seem as relatable to the people who are just getting started. The people who are just getting started maybe feel shy to share their numbers or their goals or whatever, because it won't really match up to some of the people in the group who are steps above them. So while it can be useful to have a variety of people in your group, in those bigger groups that, again, I've been in many of them for years, it is not as specifically helpful because 
of all of the feelings. And because it's so large, maybe you don't know one another as well. And that is sort of a different thing. If you are in groups like that, stay in those groups. They are really useful for what they are. What we're going to talk about today in this mastermind, one of the reasons that I think that it has been particularly helpful to me is because it's very small. There's only four of us. And also we're on the same page. I'm going to talk more about that in a minute, but being on the same page is kind of the biggest key for me. And it doesn't mean we're all at the same level of success. Like we don't all make the same amount of money in our group. We don't all have the same size platform, but we are very much mentally in the same space. So let's start at the very beginning. Why would you need a mastermind? So there are lots of reasons that one might need a mastermind. The primary reason that I wanted a mastermind is I knew that I wanted to launch another podcast. This was, you know, I was started in my mastermind before I had actually launched 10 Things to Tell You. So I was in a different space 18 months ago when I started with these women. I had a big picture thing that I wanted to do. I wanted to start a new podcast. I wanted to write a book. I wanted to grow from where I had sort of been sitting in my work online for a few years. I'd really plateaued out in what I was doing. Part of that is because I didn't have a clear direction. Part of that is because I didn't have a lot of energy for what I was doing. So it was my stuff, but I needed to level up. I really had things I wanted to do and do better than I had done them in the past. So that's where I was. A huge thing to talk about why you would need a mastermind is if you are having some problems you need to solve, if you are trying to grow your business, if you are trying to launch something, this is not a friend group. That's also a really big thing. I talk about this more when we talk in a in our group at the end of the episode because we are we have become friends, but primarily when we came together, we were not looking at each other like frenzies. That was not the goal. We were truly trying to help one another. So you might need a mastermind if you are in a position at your job where you could really use the benefit of other people who have the same position in a different company. You know, and you could maybe like share your struggles. You could maybe figure out how to fix problems. You could, I don't want to say vent because it's not a venting group, but you know what I mean? You could sort of talk through what's going on in one another's companies. You might want a mastermind group if you are freelance anything. So this was another big element to mine. If you are freelance and you work from home, you are probably having some lonely days. You are probably sitting in your dining room or home office or whatever, facing some self-doubt, and you don't have another person the next cubicle over that you can be like, hey, can I bounce this idea off you or whatever? That's the whole thing about being a freelancer. It, it can be lonely and it can be isolating. And you also don't always have any kind of comparison to, you know, am I charging enough? Am I sort of on the right track with this client? That sort of thing. So those are reasons why you might need a mastermind. And that's number one. 
Okay, number two, how many people? I touched on this a bit already, but I will say that this mastermind I'm in right now, the reason I'm talking about it is because of all the others that I've been in and what's good about those and the ones that I've been in that have fizzled out so they didn't work for whatever reason. This one that I'm in has been the actual most successful in terms of I have made more money, my platforms have grown, I have met my goals that I set because of this particular group. And a huge part of this is that we are very small. And because we are very small, we are able to give one another a lot of time. When we meet, it's not like we have to get through all 20 people or whatever. There's only four of us. So each person gets a good chunk of time to talk through their thing. And I think that is really important. Also, you know, the smaller the group is, the more trust you could have. There are less likely to be leaks, I guess I should say, in the trust tree. You know, you're able to really focus and kind of get to know intimately the other person's business. And so you can give it a lot more attention than if you're trying to hold in your head, not only your own business or the things that you care about, but like everyone else's multiple problems or strategies or whatever, there's just a few of you. And so you can really kind of dig in with one another. There is no magic number here. I think that a mastermind could work if it's just two people. If you just have one person that you meet for coffee with once a month, you know, that can really be a starting place for you and super beneficial. In my experience with what I am doing right now, we felt like four was the perfect number for all the reasons I already said. Philosophically, you know, maybe you could go up to five or six, depending on the type of strategies and problems you're trying to solve and work through. But I feel really solid in our group of four. I feel like for lots of reasons, four has just worked. There's no magic here, but four is what's really working for us. I think you could start with as little as two. I really do. Okay, number three, who? Who should be in your mastermind? We talk a little bit more about this in the group discussion. I think if you were too close of personal friends, it would be difficult because then that brings in a lot of feelings. That brings in like, oh, are you going to say something in your mastermind that like is going to feel awkward next time you're in a social situation? If you have a good friend in mind and that's where you want to start and you think that would work for you, then great. I'm not wholly discouraging it by any means. I have been in other masterminds where I was closer friends with the people and it was beneficial. So I'm not like completely poo-pooing that. I do think it is nice when you have more of a colleague relationship at the beginning versus a traditional friendship. Now, I also think that it should be someone very similar to what you're doing. Not exactly the same, because that would be competitive and weird. But like I said earlier, maybe someone who has the same or similar position in another company, maybe someone who is doing something similar to you, but the content does not overlap. Two podcasters, for example, but you talk about really different things. That might be really helpful because you can still help one another with technical things with social media strategy, 
you know, with editorial calendar strategy, that kind of thing, but you're not super worried about stepping on one another's toes content wise. Like you don't have to worry about anybody stealing ideas, but you are very familiar with like the lingo that you're using, with the problems that you're facing, that sort of thing. I think the who is obviously important. At the end conversation, Jamie Golden, who is in my group, is going to talk a little bit about the importance of personality types and really taking that into consideration. She looks at Enneagram numbers and, you know, Myers-Briggs and like strengths finders and those kind of things. But I do think there is something to looking at personality types. If someone is more of a straight shooter, very direct speaker, and then someone else is very, very sensitive and, you know, is going to get their feelings hurt or take a lot of offense when business conversations are happening, that won't be a good fit. You have to be honest about the who and that it's a decent mix. And who is important, but also I feel like I'm not trying to contradict myself here, but just don't get so caught up in the who that you don't move forward. If this idea appeals to you, if you think this would be helpful to you, Take one of my main mantras, start where you are, and just start it. Put one foot in front of the other. Think about all of these things and tips that I'm sharing with you, but you don't have to like create the most killer Olympic level mastermind the first time. Like I said, I've been in several and several have fizzled out. Like it may take you a few tries and just starting is the most important thing. It's the most important thing in any business or creative adventure or anything like that, just start where you are. Think about the who, think about the why, but don't be paralyzed by all these things I'm sharing today. Okay, number four, how do you find people? This was a huge one that I got as a question online. There's lots of different ways to do this. My biggest thing here is to say the internet is your friend. Use the internet. You can find like-minded people in Facebook groups. You can find like-minded people in like profession, young professional groups in towns. I know those exist. You can go to your local, you know, if you're in a city big enough to support like a co-working space type of place go there. There might be little meetups or networking things. Even in small towns, because I came from one, I know this, they have coffees and, you know, little groups in town to support young professionals or young creatives or whatever. Seek those out. But also, this does not have to be something that is local to you if that is not required. In my mastermind, we live all over the country. Los Angeles, Alabama, North Carolina, and the D.C. area. Like, we are all over. We meet online. So the internet is your friend. You can check on LinkedIn. You can ask around. I am a person who is very much in favor of putting things into the universe and sort of seeing what comes of it. So if you're brave enough, you could put it online, like on your personal social media profile, and say, hey, I am looking for this type of a person to join me in this type of a group and see what comes up. You know, because of the wonderful nature of the internet, it might not be your actual friends 
that want to be in it, but they might be like, oh, I have another friend who might be interested in this or has also said that she wants to do this and they can connect you, like something like that. There are a lot of ways to find the people, but the internet is just the first thing that I think came to mind. And back to my earlier point, if it's not perfect right off the bat, that's okay. One foot in front of the other, you know, sort of learn as you go. That's where I would start. There's so many resources in both your local communities. And if that doesn't work for you for whatever reason, or that's not important to you, yay, internet. Number five, a really important element, I think, is that you are all on the same page about what the group is. So this is one of the reasons that a past mastermind I was in fizzled out by no fault of anyone. They were all well-intentioned people. They were all people doing uh, good work. But the level of commitment to the group varied. So some people were only mildly interested. Some people really, really needed it. And so they were super into it. It just wasn't a good matchup. There needs to be a sort of agreed upon commitment level from the very, very beginning. And by that, I mean, you set up the structure that works for you, which is going to be different for everyone. I'll tell you ours in a second, but that you're all agreeing to it. If you're all on the same page where you hold it all sort of loosely because that's your personalities, fantastic. Just make sure that it is compatible. And I think that you want to have the same general ideas for what you want to get out of the group and your meeting times together. So let me give you an example for what wouldn't work. Has anyone been in a book club that started out as a book club, but sort of within a few months quickly became like just mom's drinking wine club? Like it just was an excuse for people to be social and get out and it just made them feel better to call it a book club, even if they never read a book or talked about a book. I have heard this scenario go down a million times. You do not want this to be what your mastermind is. You need to be on the same page in terms of we want to truly be helping one another. We want to stay on task. We want to stay on track. We want to have some kind of a structure. And we're all at a similar like ambition level. Like we're all goal setters, for example, and we're all going to try and meet X goal in six months or a year or whatever. You're all in a similar level of seriousness about your own work and your own commitment to the group. Now, again, don't mishear me. This does not mean that you all have to be like shooting for the stars. You can all be like, yeah, we kind of want to do this, but we're just going to see how it goes. If you're all that way... (laughs) then that might work out. Do you know what I mean? Like that might be what you're getting out of it. But you just don't want to have somebody who's like seriously trying to achieve one goal and then somebody who is just like, eh, I work when I work, I don't when I don't. You know, those personalities, they're going to get very frustrated with one another in a group like this. So just be mindful of that, that you have to be on the same page in terms of ambition level and your same page in terms of commitment to the mastermind. Y'all know that I love to play games on my phone to unwind, and I am always looking for a new one to download. And I recently ran across Two Dots. 
and I want to tell you about it. Two Dots is a free-to-download puzzle-based game that involves connecting dots through relaxing puzzles while unlocking levels and collecting prizes along the way. There are different gameplay modes to make the experience unique and exciting with every single puzzle. There are over five thousand distinct puzzles with various power-ups and special dots ready to earn as you move through the levels. The in-app music and visually stimulating interface provide a soothing experience when you just want to relax and unwind. Not only is Two Dots free to download, but it can also be played without internet connection. So playing on the go offline is a breeze. And if you don't want to play alone, you can challenge your friends on Facebook as well as connect with the larger Two Dots community for even more engagement. If you're looking for the perfect game to help you relax but also keep you engaged, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben-free. It is also pH-balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U, Y-O-U. Okay, so that brings me to number six, the structure of the group. Lots of ways you can do this. If you are local to one another, you probably want to meet in person because there's a lot of benefit to that. You can choose how often you do that. If you're a very young person and you are brand new starting a business and you have a little bit more time and flexibility, then you might want to meet once a week. It sort of just depends on your scenario, but make a schedule and stick to it. Our group, again, of four people, but we're in three different time zones and we have lots of commitments outside of our work and our mastermind. So it is a juggle sometimes to schedule our meetings, but we've stayed pretty committed to meeting over Skype once a month. The structure to our meetings is we share, we go around and each person shares a high and a low of their business. So something they want to celebrate, they reached a milestone, they did a task they'd been putting off or that they said they were going to do, whatever, some kind of a win. And then a low. So either a thing that happened that was hard or frustrating or a struggle that's sort of ongoing, not a struggle that we're going to try and help them fix that moment, just like a general low. A high and a low is sort of how we get started. That's kind of how we get in the mood. That's kind of our icebreaker. We go around, each person does that. Okay, then we have what we call the hot seat. 
The hot seat can be one of a few things. We've done it a few different ways. So we can either have one person is in the hot seat and then we take turns. So like if it is my turn for the month, after we go around and do high lows, then I get the whole rest of the hour. So probably maybe 40 minutes. It might take us 20-ish minutes to do our high lows. We've scheduled to be together for an hour. So then I have about 40 minutes in the hot seat where I bring to the group a specific problem that I'm having. Can you help me figure out how to solve this thing? I bring something that I need to brainstorm. So that could be like, oh, I really need to figure out some new freebies to grow my email list. That's my main goal for the month is to grow my email list. Can you guys help me figure out what kind of things I could create that would be enticing to get people to sign up? And we might spend very many minutes brainstorming because we, like I said before, there's only four of us. We're really familiar with one another's content with such a small group. So we can say, oh, you know how you did that podcast episode that was so good. You could make a freebie that was related to that. Or, oh, I love that Instagram post where you talked about this. Could you do something like that? So then each person you know, we'll trade off months where they are in the hot seat for that meeting and they get pretty much the whole 40 minutes or sometimes more to solve a problem, brainstorm ideas, verbally process something, even though our group is also really active on the app Voxer. And we talk on that app throughout the month. So if we have a quick thing come up that we need to talk through or just share about, we do that throughout the month in these like smaller Voxer conversations that are usually not urgent. We'll mark them if they are urgent or time sensitive. Most of the time we use our hot seat time in the meeting, in the monthly meeting for something pretty big picture. Like you're going to have everyone else's full attention. They're going to be talking about you and your project and your content and helping you. And so you you want to bring something pretty substantial to that conversation. Another way that we have done our monthly meeting, instead of having one individual person on the hot seat, we have like a topic that is the hot seat. So I know one month we did again, email newsletters. So we talked about email newsletters for the entire 40 minutes. And we had things we wanted to talk about. Which platform is best? How often do you send? How are you capturing the new people to sign up? Like we talked about email newsletters for that whole 40 minutes or more. So we can have a general topic that we're all chiming in, that we're all talking through of like a strategy or something we all need to learn more about, like Facebook ads. You know, you might have someone in the group who is more advanced in that topic, like they have done a bunch of Facebook ads, but the other three haven't. So we have a lot of questions like, can you teach us how to do the Facebook ads? Like how much do we spend? How do we create them? Blah, blah, blah. And then that meeting is more like a teaching meeting versus a hot seat meeting. So there's a few ways, depending on your group, depending on the level of your group or the kinds of things that you're talking about that you can structure it. Really sit and think about what would be beneficial to you. It might not be brainstorming. Like depending on the type of group that you're going to form, you know, maybe you can help each other business-wise, but you don't all have the same taste. 
you know, so like you don't really want their artistic input maybe or something if you're the artsy one or whatever, whatever's going to be beneficial to your group, whether it's a how-to, a hot seat, you know, everyone is going to have different priorities. So when you're choosing your group or when you're creating your group, that should be foremost in your mind of what you need from one another. And again, that you're going to sort of get on the same page. And then you will structure your meeting around what you have decided is sort of your main priority or your goal for the group. I We didn't have like a specified goal in our group, but I will say we all wanted to level up. We all wanted to grow our platforms, make more money. Those two things go hand in hand. And those were our two biggest goals. Okay, so number seven, and my last point before I turn it over to the conversation our group had about this. Number seven is retreats. I find it to be very, very helpful to have face-to-face, in-person retreats. I just think FaceTime is a really good way to solidify any kind of relationship. I think the energy is different when you're in person. There's just a lot of benefits to getting together. But if you see some of these entrepreneurs online who are doing like these crazy retreats that look amazing and fancy and all this, like you do not have to do it that way. Our group meets at my lake house, which I already have. So it's free. Everyone has a bed there. (laughs) It's easy enough for everyone to get to. Everyone's responsible for their own getting there. So whether that's flying or driving or whatever, they have to pay their own costs to get there. The place is free. And then we split right down the middle all the food costs. We do a big grocery store run at the beginning. And then when we go out to eat for a couple of different meals, we just split those costs or we pay our own check. It is very fair. And for our group in particular, it is very, very low cost, all things considered. So I think that you can do a retreat in a way that does not break the bank. Obviously, if there's not a home available, you split an Airbnb or whatever. You don't have to go expensive hotel route. Or you can. If you are in a position where you're like, I'm going to use this to like sort of celebrate my year of businessing, fantastic. You do you. But just don't let the idea of getting together face to face like just be too daunting because it is so, so good to be in the room with these people that you have been, you know, invested in their business, they're invested in yours. And just like the energy around the brainstorm and stuff is higher and better when you are together. We have had only two retreats now. Our group has only been formed about 18 months. So we did a retreat when we had been together just a few months. And then we just a couple of weeks ago did our second retreat. We had agendas for both retreats. I don't remember exactly what last year's was. I was also in the middle of launching this show and like my head was spinning in a thousand different directions. But it is fresh on my mind to tell you how we did this last retreat. We came together on a Thursday night. We all got in town. We went to the grocery store. We had dinner. No agenda. Our main work days together were going to be all day Friday and all day Saturday. And we just decided that we would do two people in a hot seat on Friday and two people in a hot seat on Saturday. So one person went Friday morning, 
for two hours and then we had lunch and then someone went in their hot seat for two hours after lunch. We built in, in, we didn't start until like 10 or 11 in the morning. So we built in personal work time in the mornings. You could either sleep in or you could get up and get your own personal work done, your own morning routine done, whatever, before we got down to business. And then we built in time after the second hot seat, but before dinner where you could go be an introvert or you could, again, do your own personal work time, take a nap, whatever you wanted to get out of that day. Now, we're a very chatty group. So outside of the hot seat designated time, we talked at meals. We talked when we were cooking meals. You know, we ended up with the time that was free, like the free time. We had really great conversations. Almost all of these were about business, like things that we just hadn't gotten to in any other talks and that wasn't a designated hot seat time. So we talked about trends that we'd seen online, people who were doing awesome. Like we went and followed other people that each one was recommending, like this person's doing some amazing work. Lots of chatting time. Yes, we did end up talking about some personal things. I mean, we are friends and, you know, life comes up and stuff comes up. But truly, like 90% of the time was business talk. And for me, this was a relief. Like I didn't have to apologize for like being on Instagram for an hour or I didn't have to downplay that I am really thinking about my podcast all the time because I was in a room with other people who were also thinking about their projects all the time. And so we could talk about it. We didn't have to like be polite and, you know, ask them, ask one another like polite things like this was a business weekend and we were all very into that because we're all for freelancers. We don't have very many situations where we can just be with other like-minded women and just nerd out about our businesses. We're all in friend groups. That's not what a friend group is. And so for me, it's exhausting, but in a good way. I love it. It is such a relief to me to be with these women. Now, I want to tell you about our hot seat time. We each got two hours of hot seat time. That is a lot of time. (laughs) We had a whiteboard where, you know, we wrote things like goals or, you know, as ideas were coming out in a brainstorm, we could just write it on the whiteboard, like that type of thing. I think that last year, our first retreat, we gave one another one hour of hot seat time and we had sort of thought maybe that wasn't quite enough. And so this year we gave one another two hours. Each person got two hours and we sort of decided that might've been almost a bit too much. We were kind of in the last 15 or 20 minutes, like sort of at the end of our, what we were talking about. And so we wrote down next year, we feel like 90 minutes might be a real sweet spot for the hot seat time. Now, in our hot seat time, I'm not going to tell you guys what we talked about because that's not, you know, that's like a private thing. I will share the kinds of things I needed to talk about because I don't mind sharing. I needed to brainstorm out some ideas for the subtitle of my book, like phrases, catchphrases. They know a lot about my book. I read part of the book to them so that they could kind of get an idea of like, this is what my book is. 
you know, I really need to communicate this really well and really clearly in a subtitle. So we worked on that. I also wanted to grow my email list, an example I used before. So we talked about what are some of the incentives that I could build out to get people to sign up for my email list. Because for me, getting people on my email list is going to be very helpful when I am launching a book or as I grow this podcast, that type of thing. So those are some of the things that we worked out in my hot seat time. Everybody has their own thing that we worked through. Now, when I say that we had a time limit, we set an actual timer. Like we set a timer for one another and it goes off at the one hour mark. And then it went off when we had 10 minutes left. So I'm a big timer person. You guys know I've talked about timers all the time. I set a timer for my reading life. I set a timer. Like I'm a big timer person. So this works well, but it's also like rings out in the room. So everyone knows where we are in the process. So when it goes out to mark the hour mark, we knew, oh, we were halfway through with what this person is brainstorming. So we have one hour left. Again, like I said, we're going to go to 90 minutes, but you learn and you adjust each time. I really like the retreat. I really think we get more out of that time together, much more out of that time together once a year than any other time in the year. Listen, I know this has been a ton of information. I hope that it is helpful to you. I hope that it is getting your wheels turning if you think that this is something that would be good for you in your business or in your hobby. You know, I saw online people were suggesting different ways that they could do a mastermind. And one of them was stay-at-home moms who just wanted, you know, better systems in place, who just wanted to talk through their different like struggles or problem solvings or anything else. So they weren't trying to monetize in the way a business would, but they are trying to do things more efficiently or effectively. And so in that way, they are also trying to level up. This is a group that is trying to make one another better. And for me, I have made more money in the last year than I have in any other 10 years on the internet. I'm not saying that as a brag. I'm saying that as an explanation for why I feel pretty passionately about surrounding yourself with people who are lovingly pushing you to meet your goals. That has been huge for me. Also, just keeping me accountable in general. If I say I'm going to do a thing in my business, they are going to ask me about it next month. And so I need to either do the thing I said I was going to do or have a real good excuse for why I didn't. So meeting my goals, you know, sending emails I would have been too scared to send, signing up for things like it has really propelled me forward not just the mastermind. I've talked a lot on this show about a lot of different things that sort of came together for me in the last year, but definitely this is a really big factor. And so if you think this is something that would help you, then please like reach out to someone similar minded. If you have more questions, I will be answering them this week on social media and in the Facebook group. So feel free to, you know, put something out there that I haven't thought of. The last three points, I got you through seven, 
The last three points are going to be made by the three people in my mastermind, Jamie Golden, Kendra Adachi, and Bree McCoy. They are so awesome. I love them so much. Kendra, you might know her better as The Lazy Genius. She has a blog of the same name. She has a podcast of the same name. I highly, highly recommend everything that she's doing. I know you will learn something from her immediately. Brie McCoy is just an absolute delight. She shares her recipes. She shares her kitchen wisdom. She shares her heart for gathering people around the table. She's fantastic on Instagram at Brie McCoy, and she has a wonderful book out called Come and Eat. I think you should check out. Brie is also on episode 24 of this podcast, if you want to scroll back, sharing like the 10 best kitchen tools that you should have. And I learned so much from that episode. And then, of course, Jamie Golden. She is a co-host of the very popular podcast called The Popcast, which is all pop culture and is so hilarious. It's a must-listen for me every week. And then they also, she and her co-host Knox also host a ver- another great podcast called The Bible Binge. And then they do the fantastic Bachelor recaps for their Patreon subscribers, all of Jamie's content with the Popcast Media Group is top-notch, makes me laugh all the time. You guys also really, really loved her episode on this show about skincare, which is sort of a passion of hers on the side. That's episode 14, if you want to scroll back and listen to Jamie talk about that. But now I'm going to turn you over to this conversation that I had with them While we were all together at my lake house at our mastermind retreat, they have really good thoughts about what the mastermind has done for them and and what you should think about when you're forming your own. Before we get to the full mastermind conversation, I wanted to let you know that it's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born Sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, dot com, and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping, available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. Okay, now back to our conversation about masterminds. Okay, so I planned on doing this episode about our mastermind, specifically because in the 18 months that we have been in this group together, my business has first of all launched. I did not have the this podcast when we started and it has grown beyond any other project that I have done online in a decade. 
And a huge part of that is being part of this group. And, you know, the encouragement it has given me, the skills and thought process and everything that you guys have added to my life have been really huge for me. And so I just wanted other people to know what's that that is like. And, you know, I've been in a lot of masterminds. I mean, I don't mean like, I've been wow, in. Wow, you've, you've seen some things? Is that what you're saying? No, I've been, just because online, and I've been working online for so long, it's a lonely place. Women identified that a long time ago. So there's been lots of iterations in my life of the different type of groups of women to help one another or encourage one another online. I've been lucky enough to have been in several different ones that are full of lovely women and have lots of good intentions. And some of them have worked better than others. And this one for me has worked best business-wise, for sure. I just want each of us to give a point, like a main point of why we think that this one works really well, or if it's if you don't want to make it specific to this one, then just what you think a person who wants to create a mastermind or wants to fine-tune their own mastermind, like what would be an important element of that. So we're all going to do that. But first, I kind of want us to answer as a group something that came through a ton on Instagram when I asked on Instagram what people want out of this episode. A lot of people wanted to know like how we started, the four of us specifically, not just like how one could start, but <laughs> us. So let's just answer that quickly. So Kendra and I went to London on a literary London trip that was led by Tish Oxenreiter and Emily P. Freeman. And on that trip was Brie. Hello. I was there. <laughs> I was in London. And that was a trip that was literary London, but it was also intended for business ladies to talk about business. And so in that conversation, by the end of the time we were together, Brie, you were looking for community. Oh, yes. And I think that, so that trip was really the first time where I had gotten to know Kendra. It's the first time I met you. And at the end of that trip, I had realized I'm so lonely in my work. I actually can't move forward. I'm going to stop. And so it was voicing that out loud in a group of women that I really respect and their work that I honor and just saying, I need, I need some people around me. And I think that was the first step to really the creation of the mastermind. It was. And so I knew Laura, we had been in a mastermind together previously that, that fizzled out. And so when we were in London with the three of us, I was like, you know, I have this other friend, Laura, who we're already talking business on the side. I think she might really enjoy being in this group as well. Yeah. So I already followed both Kendra and Brie, but I had never met you. We really hadn't been really familiar with one another stuff. So you guys were new to me, which was amazing. And one of the things that worked out for us right away is we were all on the same page in terms of we were all trying to grow our thing. And at the time, we had all different things, and we were at different levels of having the things. <laughs> By that, I mean podcast, book deals, live shows. Brie was the only one who was already an author. Like, we were all at, at different places, but we were, like, all trying to grow our specific things. And when we started right away, we started with a pretty specific expectation of commitment to the group. Yep. And this is really key. Like, we were like, okay, we want to do this. We're going to meet once a month. Um, and we didn't plan to get together in person right away. That wasn't first on the agenda. It was, we're going to meet once a month and 
What did we do? Did we say we were going to have goals? I don't remember. Did we have goals at the beginning or were we like, we're just going to meet and talk? Well, we had set up the, like in, in our like Skype hangouts, we would have somebody on the hot seat. We would each share wins, although you did not want to share wins. You <laughs> were adamant that we just get straight to the bread and butter. And we were like, some of us want to celebrate, Laura. <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't just wins. We were supposed to do high lows. And I was like, oh, no. No. Oh, that's right. Because you didn't want to do lows. You were like, that's dumb. And then by the end of that first meeting, you had cried. And so. Sobbed. Sobbed. Yes. Sobbed. <laughs> we had just met. First meeting. First, first meeting. meeting. That's so great. Well, and I think I said some version of, you guys, I never do this. Yes, you did. And then I went on to cry for like the next five the minutes. Next, it, was, yeah. it was a lot and of And then eventually when you were like, guys, I never do this. I'm like, you actually do it every month. Like every, every month. <laughs> and we did early on. We said. Because we started in the fall, and then that January, we we met in person. Yeah. You had said, I think it'd be great if we could be in the same room, which was such a wise move. It was. Because it did transform the group even further. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so let's just go through each of our sort of main points. And then if anyone wants to jump in and like add to what someone's saying or ask a question to clarify, we're going to start with Kendra, the lazy genius. What do you think, like what's a number one thing we're just a thing. I don't, let's not give it so much pressure. Sure, no, the number one, <laughs> thing number one thing But just, what's a strong point that you feel like is important to consider in creating or fine-tuning a group like this? Absolutely. I would say don't be embarrassed. Being in a mastermind is really vulnerable in a couple of ways. You're sharing wins and you're sh- sharing like things that you're celebrating. And for some people, that's real easy, like for you guys. And, um, and for others, it might be, trickier. It, you don't want to shine the spotlight on yourself and all that. And then the other side of that is you're sharing your insecurities about your work. Your, um, you might have questions about things that like everybody else seems to know the answer to and you don't, and that feels weird. And so I think it's really, really important that you don't feel embarrassed with whatever words that you need to say. And if you do think you ask yourself why, because it could be the group that you're in. It could be that you have like your own stuff about embarrassment. And if that's the case, it's okay to feel embarrassed, but don't let that stop you from saying the thing anyway, because you need to be able to say your stuff with your mastermind in order for it to work. Okay. So I just want to say in relation to that, I think that's a great point is that you have to be vulnerable, which that's what embarrassment is really. You have to be able to raise your hand and say, I don't understand what you guys are talking about or to raise your hand and say any number of things you have to be able to raise your hand period. Right. You know, one thing that I realized as I was thinking about this and because the natural question to the point of don't be embarrassed is well, but how do you choose a group of people that you won't be embarrassed in front of? You know, I mean, if you're in a local group that you're going to see that person at Walmart, like you're going to have different feelings or if you're, you know, there's lots of factors here depending on what type of group that you're in. And a lot of that comes to personality types, which we can talk about because that is really important. But I also want to say something that I have realized is important. Hope everybody takes this the right way. <laughs> oh, dear. Here we go. Okay, that's fine. We're in, we're in your house. Yeah, okay. it's fine. It's fine. But the focus of our meetings together on Skype or in person is not about friendship. Yeah. And... We love one another. We are friends, but not in the traditional sense. Mm. And 
you know, we have a, a trust tree that in some ways is like stronger than certain friendships in my life because we have to like keep one another's privacy and, you know, that kind of thing. So it, so when I say that, it doesn't mean that we don't have like a very strong foundation of like love and trust and all of those things, but it's not friendship in the way that I friendship with other women. And so when we get together, we like barely talk about personal stuff. Now we have had to occasionally because of life circumstances um, and like when really big things come up and we can trust one another with that. But in general, we talk about work and that is a natural boundary that has always been in place. We did not really speak that out until sort of like right now, but I think it's really important. And that has actually been a real relief for me personally to be like, oh, this is what this group is. Isn't that awesome? That's Mm -hmm. not a detriment. That is a strength of our group, I think. And, and embarrassment what you said the vulnerability that you talked about that comes for me in a different type of relationship in some ways I know that can come in a business relationship also but like because we're not friends in the traditional way Mm -hmm. I don't feel embarrassed in the same way Mm -hmm. you see what I mean maybe that's an invitation for people who are thinking about starting their own mastermind that you don't necessarily need to start with existing friends it might actually be a good thing to consider not starting with existing friends because there is, yeah, there is kind of like a, not a separation. Cause like you said, it's not like we don't talk about personal things or we're not vulnerable about like personal life things, but, um, you can sort of start off like on the same page. Like we're going to talk about our stuff. We're going to talk numbers. We're going to talk strategy. We're going to talk holes in our business and we can help each other. And so you, you kind of start with like business vulnerability and it can morph into like, friendship vulnerability as you spend more time together, but it's also okay if it doesn't, which means it's okay if you start with people that you don't know super well on a personal level. Maybe that'll be helpful. It'll open the door to more people if someone's wanting to start. It yeah. It's just a different relationship. And yeah. like I was part of a group, we didn't call it a mastermind, but it was like the same thing in my blogging days that started business minded. We were, we looked at one another's blogs and did like honest blog evaluations. And we're like, you, you probably need to change this or, you know, that kind of thing. That's how it started. It was a much bigger group and it morphed into a friend group. Now it has immense value to me. I mean, these women have actually carried me through very important times in my life, but they're a friend group and it's a different thing. Again, I need, I need people listening to understand what I'm saying. I, these are my dear friends that I'm sitting here with, but it's really a different relationship. And when you can like acknowledge that it puts up a natural boundary of like, well, I'm not going to be afraid to ask this question. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to ask a business question. You know what I mean? I think that's a really, a really insightful look at it for sure. Okay. Brie, what is like a really strong point that you want to make about masterminds? For me, what was really important as I was continuing to do my work was to look around the women that were doing similar work and kind of see those that I really respected and admired. And I wanted to pair myself with those women and I want it to be women who I felt like I see what they're doing. I understand what they're doing. Like I get what they're doing. It's not something that I felt was ethereal to me or, you know, someone who maybe has a tech blog and I'm like, I don't understand what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I felt like there was enough similarity where I could name what they were doing. I really respected the work that they were doing. And I was like, I want to learn from them. Okay. But I'm going to ask a sensitive question. Because I can ask it because I know the answer. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not like you reached out to someone who you respected what they were doing, but 
they were 75 steps ahead of you. Right. Yes. So I think this is an important well, clarification for people who are thinking of starting one, that that maybe it's helpful if you're, the disparity of what you're doing isn't, a, there's a huge, huge gap there. Now listen, I just want to clarify in our group that there's some real disparities. <laughs> but Oprah's but we, not in our group. We, like, we didn't, so like Bree didn't ask Oprah to be yes, in our group. But to, and also to clarify, when I asked Kendra, because I approached Kendra first, she had not written a book proposal. She had not pitched a book. Like oh, and I, you were already an author. I was already an author. Yeah, mm-hmm. so when I... No, I know the answer, but I just oh, want yeah. to say that mm-hmm. to people. Yeah. that Like, don't just reach out to people that you admire to be in your mastermind yeah, that if, is, if they're very well established in their field and you're yes. just starting. Yes. Or, so, or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and tricky think, to talk about. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because sometimes you don't always know. This is actually totally true. You might think because they seem like they're doing the exact same thing you're doing or they seem like they have the same level of platform if you work online. Um, and they may not. This that's a it's a it's a this is a complicated formula of like how well someone is doing. I mean, someone can have 500,000 followers and not be making any money. Yeah. And then someone, you know, can not have seem to even have a public account and be like killing it in like the newsletter realm and something that you can't see. Right. You know what I mean? So, so this is not, it's not, it, it, that can get tricky because you don't always like know mm-hmm. yeah. where people are on their business journey. <laughs> journey. <laughs> drink. Journey. Drink. Drink. Yes. <laughs> Laura is holding wine. <laughs> it's true. Um, did you have more you wanted to say? Well, I think with that, something that was helpful to me is I was out of my comfort zone when I approached, I feel like when I approached Kendra and like, I knew like I want Kendra and Jamie, that was a little bit out of my comfort zone. It wasn't out of like, I wasn't like, Oh, I'm shooting so far. Mm -hmm. Like this is, it would be miraculous if this happened. It was a little bit uncomfortable, but it wasn't massively uncomfortable. And I think also the fact that I had chosen women, that I was like, I understand their work, I respect their work, and I honor their work. It has moved me from a place of, I feel highly motivated by you women. I do not feel competitive with you. And I think that is because there was a deep honor and respect for what you were doing, like from the beginning. That is one of my points, is the competition part. I said this a little bit this morning when we were talking about some of these things, is three of us have podcasts So just inherently, we're competitive for ears, you know, we're competitive for eyeballs on our social media or whatever. So there's a like sort of loose, inherent competitiveness, but why I don't feel it in this group is because our content is so different. Now, we do have some overlap in listenership or or readership or whatever, but for me, I don't feel like... We're not in each other's lane, really. And that has been really helpful. I think it would be very hard. You do a lot of cooking stuff. If you had formed a mastermind with a bunch of other, like, people doing exactly what you wanted to do. And that, and this is hard because you want to find people who are doing what you're doing, but not exactly what you're doing. And like, I feel like we're making it harder. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there is a testament to, if you're doing online work, find people who are doing online work. Yes. Mm-hmm. But don't necessarily find the fashion blogger that is doing the same fashion top nine in their Instagram that you are, because you're going to be, you're going to feel attention that you 
you should have expected, but you maybe you don't. Yeah. But then at the same time, like it would be difficult for us to have in our group somebody who has a brick and mortar store and not a huge online presence because we wouldn't be the asset to them that we want to be. To, you want to have people in your group that are all bringing strengths so that you have everybody kind of lifting each other up mm-hmm. in the in the areas where we might be weaker. I think maybe <laughs> the distinction too, because you want to be similar but not similar, is like maybe not in the same lane but on the same highway. What? It's like a well, because you and I both talk oh. about food with we, the metaphor. We, we are you and I. You and I talk both talk about food. We yes. both share recipes. We both you you do it way more than I do, but like we also have a similar philosophy about food, yes. but how we execute that content, who it's for, all of those things are very different. Yes, but we also but we share the same philosophy, and so we speak the same language. Yes, which is really helpful in helping each other and not being competitive with each other. Right. Yes. Okay, Jamie, what is your, you know, strong point about masterminds? I think when you're thinking about group dynamics, one of the most important things to consider is how do each of your group members see the world? How do they process information? How do they take in information? For like us, and for groups, it can be know everybody's Myers-Briggs, know everybody's Strength Finders, their Enneagram, or even basic are your group full of people who are task driven or people driven? How how motivated is everyone? How ambitious is everyone? Are more people just creative and don't have any interest in the money component? For us, it has helped us tremendously to know each other's Enneagram numbers because two of us are sevens, two of us are ones. We share a line. So that actually helps us really connect with one another. But at the same time, you have two of us Brie and I, we're adorable, but we're feelings repressed. So we we process data, we take in data through information. We're using our minds. And for you and Kendra, for Laura and Kendra, you are processing things through your gut and you have a great intuition about things. And so in the beginning, sometimes it was clunky because you would ask Brie and I to be like, what is your gut telling you? And you're like, what are you talking about? What is the gut? What is the gut? How does it, does you, do you audibly hear it? What are you talking about? And so I think it's really helpful to know that because all you're going to be doing in this mastermind group is taking in information and processing information. And if you understand how each of the group members do that, it will be 10 times more effective when you share and encourage and critique all of the things that this group will will require from you. Um, This happened today, actually, in one of our hot seats. I hope I can say this. Just stop me if I can't. But someone got sort of to <laughs> some one of the, I like how vague you're being with like someone there in the was room. someone here <laughs> got to sort of the end of their hot seat time and maybe other members of the group weren't quite sure what they wanted from us and they had to say like I actually want you to to cheerlead for me right now a little bit yeah. and then we can do that and that is important to also name like this is what I need from you right now or this is what I need from this time I really want to come up with an answer to this problem I have I really need you guys to give me some affirmation that I'm on the right track we would not do that falsely none of us would if we thought you were like really like going on a crazy wrong track we would be like let's talk a little more you know what I mean like we would do that but today when we got to a point where we weren't quite sure how to wrap up this conversation, the person in the hot seat said, I need this to end on a cheerleading note. 
And then we were happy to give that. If that person had left this weekend and hadn't asked for it and had come, and had felt bad, like had gotten on the plane and been like, am I doing the right thing? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That didn't go great. Like, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I would hate that for us. And, you know, that's life and like things like that happen. But we're learning with each other to be, to sort of say what we need, say what we want out of this time um, and be honest about it. We will be honest back yeah. if you are not, you know, if you're not receiving what you maybe need to receive or, you know, whatever, we're not going to be false about it. That's part of being a grown up. That's part of being a business owner. That's part of like being in a group like that. And again, that goes back to my point about we don't have other relational stuff tied up in, in the hot seat time mm-hmm. so much. You know what I mean? Right. We're not like going to have to really hold one another's hand afterwards or like, you know, anything like that. Like, oh, okay. Oh, you need to end on cheerleading. You are amazing. Right. right. Well, and yeah. I will get on the plane and be concerned that you did not cheerlead me because you, you did cheerlead me, right? Are you just going to like say it's you? It's me. It's me. It's fine. But I'm a seven. We like happies and like glitter and like I wanted that. But I think too that helps you when you understand your group dynamics. It makes things not personal. Yeah. And so you're not going to get hurt or offended when people question your business choices. I've never had my feelings hurt in this group by anybody questioning how I'm running our business because I know that you're asking those questions out of like, we want you to succeed in every way. We're just checking in and making sure you're doing the best work. So that takes all that personal offense out of it. And if I am ever offended or any of us are offended, we can also say that and no one has to be like, well, why'd you get offended? They'd be like, no, this is why I was offended. And we can, we can talk about it like grownups. And that's why I say to not be embarrassed. Like, don't be yeah. embarrassed to say what you need. Don't be embarrassed to stumble through. Like, I really, like you said, one of the things you said today, I don't remember to who, but you said, I want you to trust my heart in this. And then you said the words, you know, mm-hmm. like, don't be embarrassed to maybe get it wrong, you know, and then trust the vulnerability that, that it, it's important to do that. And the more you share those things, the more that you learn to trust each other, that you can share them and everything is going to be okay. I did also yesterday say, I need this energy to change. You did say that. <laughs> you did. You did. You did. <laughs> and it did. And it, it did. did. It did. It did. Which yeah. is so great because I feel like we can say to each other, like, okay, I need you to cheerlead me right now, or I need the energy to change. And we're, we all, I feel like we all have this pact of we're going to tell the truth. And I think that the reason that we feel the freedom to tell each other the truth and to know, and we said this this weekend, we were like, we know we have not offended anyone. We were never concerned about, oh, I said a hard thing and now did I offend that person? And I think that comes back to your point, Laura, is because it's just business. And if we're not going to tell each other the truth, if we're going to always be worried if maybe we offended someone, then what are we doing here? Except I have had my feelings hurt this weekend and I've gotten in the shower and been like, I know these people and I know that they didn't mean it that way. And I know every single person and it's fine. It truly is. Like, I just need to, like, shake it off. And, and I really do. I would not do that in a friend group. A traditional mm. friend group. Mm. I would, like, have all of the feelings <laughs> about it. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, now we need to know. Yeah, now I'm like, I'm like, wait, what? What happened? Um, is that so, a weird place to end? No. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't, like, we don't hurt each other's feelings. And Laura's like, yes. And I was yeah. in the shower and I was crying. <laughs> I didn't cry. It's it goes to your point of yeah. the way that we have established ourselves is as I know that it wasn't 
intentional. Yeah. And I'm not going to carry it into a social situation next week or whatever. Like that would be in a different type of group. Which speaks to your point, Jamie, about like the more that we understand how we all process and information and communicate, like we can understand each other's motivations in that. And so you can know that, like you said, like, you know, our motivations were not malicious or whatever it was that hurt you. And so you can tell yourself the truth about that and like move on and we're good kind of thing. And truly be good. Yes. Not, yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah. Think good, like real no, good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Is that a weird place to end? I think it's a yeah. great place to end. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all good. Yeah. <laughs> and everything's fine. <laughs> the podcast drops and it's like, they aren't meeting anymore. I know. <laughs> they have taken down the They're not following each other. <laughs> on they stopped their feeds. following each other. There was uh, a photo that has been taken down. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, Holy cow. And you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.